everyone, and welcome to another episode of the You're So Quiet podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chelsea Brown, or C. Brown in my writing life. Before we jump into anything about writing, we have to first jump into a mental health check. So for me, I am extremely stressed. I've been very busy. I'm doing NaNoWriMo this year, or National Novel Writing Month. And when I'm recording this, this is day three of NaNoWriMo doing fine, but it's just like a lot to do between writing and I got my other book back from my editor and I'm recording the podcasts with audio and video now and editing everything. So it's it's like a lot to do, but um, I think I'm doing okay. My mental health seems fine. I have been making sure to take time for myself, which you should also be doing if you are not. If you are not, do it, okay? I have been playing video games. I've been making sure to go for a run at least three times a week. So I'm doing okay. So how are you doing? Like really, how are you doing? You can tell me, you can tell me. I won't judge you. If you're doing bad, I'm sorry. If you're doing good, great. But no matter how you're doing, even if you think you're doing good, you do have to remember to take care of yourself and take time to recharge, right? Recharging is something that I think we only think about when we're actually on empty, but that'd be like letting your phone die before actually recharging it. We typically don't do that, right? We want to recharge our phone before it is dead. So give your body the same respect that you give a cell phone, right? Okay. So with that, let's jump into what I have been consuming. I have four categories for us this episode. I have books, I have TV shows, and movies, and Xbox games, okay? I've been consuming a lot of content, and I'm taking it as a good thing. So we'll do books first. I told you, I think two weeks ago, that I was reading The Last House on Needless Street by Catriona Ward. I chose not to finish it. And I'm a little bit disappointed. I'd mentioned that I was reading it with a group on Instagram and we were kind of talking about it, but I just wasn't feeling it. If you don't know, it is a serial killer type book with child abductions. So if that's something that's going to bother you, that's not the book for you. I only got about 20% of the way in and I like had no idea why I was reading, you know? I was just like, I don't know what the point of this is. The characters weren't really drawing me in. So yeah, I mean, it is what it is, but it was, it was pretty disappointing. Pretty disappointing. I did finish The Heart-Shaped Box by Joe Hill. It's a book about a rock star who collects occult items. He buys a suit that was a dead man's and ends up actually buying a ghost that haunts him and tries to kill him and his girlfriend. So that one was very, very good up until like the last 25%. Um, The pacing was really fast for the first 75%. So when it got to the last quarter and it was kind of wrapping everything up, it was moving really slow for me. And I was just kind of over it. Like I just wanted it to be done already. And that's never really a feeling that I like to have about a book. So for me, out of five stars, I would say four out of five stars because I think the story itself was very interesting. I think the characters were relatable and very interesting, but that last 25% just was not doing it for me. 
I am currently reading, as in like just started, The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. It's a haunted house for people go to the haunted house to kind of experience paranormal events. And what they don't know is that the house has plans of its own, put it that way. It is the book that the Netflix series is based off of, and I did learn that there's actually two different movies. So, so far I haven't really been able to form an opinion about this one. I, I'm literally like 10% of the way in, and it's just kind of introducing the characters so far. But I will keep you posted. It's supposed to be like iconic horror, so we'll see. I will not let spooky season die with October, okay? As for TV, you know that I have a trash TV addiction, <laughs> okay? So I am watching The Bachelorette. I think Michelle as The Bachelorette is awesome. She seems like someone that I would like to be friends with, like in real life. And I'm really interested to see how the season progresses. I've only seen two episodes so far, so I can't really say one way or the other other than like Michelle, if you're watching, hello, let's be friends. I also just started Love Island Australia. They did take 2020 off and now they're back for 2021 and I am psyched about it. I love Love Island. I love all of the series that I've been able to find, which is UK, US and Australia. And I like that Australia is kind of like an off season because obviously summer in Australia is winter for us. So it's like you get a new one every six months, which is really fun. I did finish Midnight Mass on Netflix. It's basically a vampire story, but with religious undertones or overtones, I suppose. And I think the series itself was really compelling. It's one that I watched with my husband, even though it is scary. It did give him nightmares. Uh, but I liked the series up until the end. The end was so lame, in my opinion. I'm not going to reveal what it was. Just go watch it, or if you're not going to watch it, just search for it. So lame. I feel like I invested so much time in these characters and in this story just for it to turn out sucky. Yeah, I, I just wasn't, I wasn't a fan, and I searched online just to see like was there a hidden meaning that I missed and like I couldn't find a specific hidden meaning and so maybe someone listening to this can can explain to me what the heck I'm missing because I I didn't I was not, I'm not feeling it I'm not into it the series as a whole I think is great but the ending killed it for me so that is I mean you know it is what it is what can we do as for movies, I only watched one movie, but it took like three days to watch it. I watched Dune on HBO Max. I love that I don't have to go to movie theaters anymore. I become a whole other person in a movie theater, especially when someone is on their phone or they're talking really loud or... I, I mean, I, I'm very, very introverted, so I typically wouldn't say anything in real life, but movie theater me is like a totally different person and I will 100% call you out like publicly loudly and tell you to please be quiet. Does that make me a terrible person? I don't know. But in any case, I am not menacing a theater near you because a lot of new releases are coming to my streaming services. So I watched Dune. It took three days because it's like a two and a half hour movie 
and it was not moving quickly. I think the cinematography was beautiful, and if that's something that you watch a movie for, then you will love it. There are a lot of um, shots that are like far back, so you can kind of see the grand scale of everything, but there was not enough action for me. Like, I need plot, and I need this thing to move forward. I need a reason to actually watch, and the stakes were not made made that clear to me or that exciting or or that life and death and I know it was life and death but yeah it just wasn't was not the move for me I personally would not recommend it I haven't finished the book yet but to be perfectly honest I probably will and I'm like hoping that the book is better than the movie because I can't imagine that it's worse (laughs) okay I yeah that movie was not for me And I saw a ton of recommendations for it, so I thought for sure it was going to be good. Um, But it, it, it was not. It moved really slowly for me. As I mentioned when we first started, I have been playing Xbox to kind of recharge myself. I really love these open world survival type games. So I've played a lot of the Assassin's Creed franchise, I've played Skyrim, I've played Witcher 3, I tried to play Witcher 2, but I accidentally skipped the tutorial and the controls are different than Witcher 3, so I kept dying over and over, couldn't get back to the tutorial, got frustrated, whatever. So my husband, after 10 months of trying, finally was able to get an Xbox Series X, which is awesome. I'm super excited, especially because my Xbox One, the little like battery pack thing on on the power cable, I mean, it was doing some weird stuff. There was like an orange light or something. Like it was time. It was at the end of its life. So couldn't have come at a better time. I've started playing Xbox pretty regularly when I can, and I have Game Pass, so I've been downloading a couple games. The two games that I've been playing are The Long Dark and Fallout 4. The Long Dark is like the purest survival game that I think I've ever played and ever seen. You don't really get too much of a tutorial, you don't get too much of anything, you are kind of thrown into the wilderness and you have to survive. I mean, there's no like rations there's nothing like you have to go find wood for your fire you have to go hunt for food you have to melt water you have to boil it so it's actually potable water it's uh it's pretty intense and i think i got to chapter three out of four it's still in development so they're actually putting out new chapters every so often which i think is really cool But the one thing I will say that is kind of annoying is that there's a lot of walking, like long walks, and you don't like have any, any tools or anything that can make you go faster, and your character is not in great shape, so he cannot sprint for long periods. And for me, I just get, I just get bored, you know, just like, okay, like, can we get there already? It's like a lot of walking between between objectives and that to me is a little irritating so I then downloaded Fallout 4 I have never played any of the Fallout games but this one seemed like a good one and it was on Game Pass so it was pretty low risk for me I downloaded it and the first thing I noticed is that when an Xbox game is downloading there's a certain percentage where it will say 
that you can start to play now. It's like 20% in some games, more in others, where you can like start your opening quests and it will download in the background. So this game had that same vibe, but um, <laughs> when you go to play, you can only watch videos until the entire thing is downloaded, which I thought was kind of kind of lame and also just like don't tell me it's ready to play or ready to start when it's not and then when it finally was downloaded like I've never played this game before so I'm like waiting for what feels like forever for my character customization to come up and the game has had just glitched right and it just wasn't loading but it looked like something was happening because the character was like looking at me in the mirror and like blinking and moving. So I was like just waiting for like ten, literally 10 minutes, okay? And should I have like not waited that long? <laughs> probably, probably, but I, I didn't know. And I was also snacking and whatever too. So didn't really notice that I had been 10 minutes. Kind of embarrassing, but in any case, I've started playing. I think it's an interesting concept. It's basically like the world after a nuclear fallout, like 200 years later. And there are gigantic roaches and other gigantic bugs that are trying to kill you. And so, yeah, that, that'll be, that'll be interesting. I've, ne again, I've never played any of the Fallout franchise games, but I've heard a lot of people rave about them. It's by Bethesda Studios, so I, I have high hopes. So we shall see. And in any case, it'll be a good way for me to kind of recharge and rest in between all of the projects that I have apparently decided to take on this month. And in that same vein, Today we're going to be talking about NaNoWriMo or National Novel Writing Month. The point of NaNoWriMo is to write 50,000 words and theoretically that's supposed to be the length of the average novel. I don't think that I agree with that personally, um, especially like my genre science fiction when you're submitting it to agents and stuff, the minimum word count that they really want is 80,000. So for me, I already had around 30,000 words and I'm writing an additional 50,000 words. So by the end of this month, I should have around 80,000 words or more. So we shall see, but I thought it would be an interesting time because I have done NaNoWriMo successfully before. I thought it would be a good time to talk about how to be successful what things to avoid, and a lot more. So we'll get into all of that right after this. Okay, welcome back. So as I said before the break, NaNoWriMo or National Novel Writing Month takes place in November, and the goal is to write 50,000 words, okay? Anyone can participate in this. You can go to nanorimo.org. I will put the link in the show notes or in the description below. First, I want to talk about the keys to success, things that have worked for me in the past and things that I am implementing this time around and seem to be going well. I am only on the third day as of this recording. So, I mean, some of my wisdom could change, but I mean, it seems to be holding true thus far. So the first thing that everybody tells you to do is to prepare. 
and that can look like outlining or gathering materials or research or whatever. And for me, I don't do that. I kind of come in with an idea. I am a pantser, so you write by the seat of your pants. You do not outline or anything like that. You just kind of go and see what happens. I personally think that that's, that's far more interesting than just like, it feels like a term paper or something. If I'm, if I'm outlining, I, I wrote a ton of papers in college. I was really good at it. Didn't really love doing it. Right. So I, I like writing this way. So if you are a planner, this in October is the time that you would want to have have done all of your your planning, so your outline or your research, whatever you need to do. For me, October was gathering materials, which basically means I needed to make sure my laptop was functioning, which it is, and I needed to have coffee, matcha, oat milk, creamer, like I needed to have all my hot drinks, and that's about it. That That's pretty much the only material I need at this time. Um... And just, just to be clear, I I do come in with basic plot points that I want to hit. I have, like, this, the general synopsis of my, my story, and I know how I want it to end. And that's what I actually did for my last book, which I did finish during NaNoWriMo, and I got it back from my editor just last month. So I don't want you to feel like well, I didn't plan anything, I can't do this, you absolutely can, especially if you are a pantser like myself or some hybrid of a planner and a pantser. You don't have to have an outline, okay? I think a lot of people get caught up in, well, I don't really know where it's going to go and like, I don't know where my story is really going to go either, but that's the fun of it. I kind of get to like watch them, watch my characters like in a movie. So take all advice with a grain of salt, including mine. That's, that's point number one, okay? Something that I have found to be very, very helpful is having a writing schedule. I get up in the morning, I take my dog out, I make my coffee, I come upstairs to my office, and I write my words for the day. And I really try to have it done by 12-ish because between 12 and 1 is when I usually eat lunch, so I want to just have everything done before I eat. And maybe this doesn't work for everyone. You might, like, have a job you physically go to where you work, like, 9 to 5, and maybe you have to get up really early to get your words in, or maybe you can write on your phone during your break, or you have to write late at night. Whatever the case may be, I think it's very, very helpful to have a set schedule that you stick to for the whole month. Which actually brings me to my next recommendation, is to set your word goal. Now, if you're writing 50,000 words this month, on average, you need to write 1,667 words a day. Okay, so that's, I mean, it's a lot of words and it takes a lot of time for me at least. And what I'm grateful for last year is that I had actually been building up a surplus of words. So I wasn't just hitting 1,667 and then just stopping for the day. I would just go until I finished my thought or I finished the chapter or whatever, and I can just move on the next day. I also recommend that you do get organized, especially if you are a planner. 
I think that having the plot points is really important. And I think it's more important for people who are writing historical fiction, which I'm not, um, but someone I know is writing a historical fiction novel for NaNoWriMo, and she had to really beef up on all of her research because all that research can take forever and really eat into your writing time. So if your, your genre or your book topic really requires a lot of research, definitely do that beforehand, okay? I also recommend that you track your progress. This for me is really motivating. I use the program Scrivener to write my, my books in and you can set your, your session targets and you can set like a word count goal and I have it set like by December 1st, I wanna have written X amount of words and it'll have like a, like a ticker line at the top of the screen and it'll show me how far I am in my total goal and how far I am in my actual word goal for the day. So that for me is really motivating, especially when we start to get toward the middle of the month and it starts to kind of feel a little bit sloggy um, for me to see like, oh my goodness, I am more than halfway through this book and that really starts to motivate me to, to write even more, which is kind of a weird thing. And now on to one of, I think, the most underrated tips for success, and that is to celebrate all of your wins, okay? Even if your win is just, oh, I reached my word goal today, or maybe you've been facing a lot of writer's block and you actually wrote words today, even if it didn't reach your word goal. Those are all great things. I, I think we kind of get caught up in this idea that we have to reach the 50,000 word goal. And if we don't, we suck at this and you're not meant to be a writer and you suck personally. And it's not that way. <laughs> it is not that way at all. Okay, so celebrate all of your wins, even if you think that they're small, because NaNoWriMo is really hard. There was someone that I know who's a writer and she was like, well, you've done NaNoWriMo before. Why are you even, why are you worried about it? Like, this stuff is hard, man. Like, writing 50,000 words a month, essentially what I believe is, like, half the length of a novel. That's a lot of words, and it is very, very difficult. And to stick to that word goal every single day and knowing that, like, for example, if you have other things going on, like I do, having to stick to that word goal every single day is very, very difficult, okay? So that's why I was nervous about it. But regardless... I have three consecutive days in a row. The first three days in November, I have killed my word goal. I have actually had a surplus of four or 500 words already, which is fantastic. I am so happy about that. And I'm gonna reward myself, right? I'm, I'm gonna play Xbox. I'm gonna have sushi from that sushi place that I like. Like just whatever is gonna, whatever's gonna motivate you to get you to that finish line, celebrate, okay? Be happy with whatever you put out, even if you don't make it to 50,000 words, okay? Now we've talked about success and we do need to talk about what to avoid. I have said it like a thousand times. I am a pantser. I do not plan. I do have a general idea of where I'm going, but like only a general idea, okay? <laughs> so even that being said, 
I would recommend that you have a general idea of where you want to go. Because I think if you start out like, I want to write 50,000 words about something, I think you're really going to struggle. Just have a vision of like where you want it to end even and just somewhere to shoot towards. I think that that is, that's a good thing to to do and to try. Number two, and this is going to sound like really obvious and maybe a little simplistic, don't burn out. I've seen on these NaNoWriMo forums, people staying up till midnight and doing these midnight to 2 a.m. virtual write-in things, and that is going to burn me out quick, fast. I need to sleep. And maybe you're someone who, like, works great at night, and that's awesome, but I've seen a lot of people jump in really hard and just write and write and write and write, and then they have no energy emotionally, physically, mentally to to formulate the story moving forward. So pace yourself. This is a marathon. It is going to last all month. And maybe you do reach your 50,000 words before the end of the month. That's fantastic for you. But it is a marathon nonetheless. Okay. Number three, I think this is something that writers generally struggle with. And that is do not let that nasty voice in your head tell you that you suck. Okay. We all have that voice in the back of our head that's like, you suck at this. Why are you doing this? You're never going to be able to do this. You have never been good at writing, as a matter of fact, and no one's going to want to read your book once you're finished. Does that sound familiar? Sounds familiar to me. (laughs) Okay, so uh, sorry to tell you, but 100% of first drafts are going to suck, period. So... If you're letting that voice in your head tell you that you personally suck, you're never going to be able to take that first draft, which sucks, like inevitably, it's nothing against you. It it just inevitably is not great. You're not going to be able to take that piece of art and make it into your final product that people are going to actually want to read. I'm not saying that first drafts can't have amazing bones, amazing dialogue, great scenes, but I am saying that a first draft is never a final draft. So if you're expecting your first draft to be perfect, you are in for a very, very bumpy ride. And that voice in the back of your head is going to be very, very mean to you. Okay, so just don't listen to it. Tell it to shut up. Give it a name. I heard this on a different podcast, giving that voice in the back of your head a name and I think she called it Marge, maybe? And she just told Marge to shut up, right? So if naming it is going to help you, do that. I can't stress this enough. Do not forget to rest and recharge. Don't burn out. I've said this already, but it's so important to take care of yourself. I used to be under this delusion that my writing was only really good when I was depressed. And that's like a really toxic mind frame because it's like I'm romanticizing my depression and my depressive episodes and thinking that, oh, this is what makes me an artist. What makes me an artist is my creativity and my ability to put in the work to bring that to life. And if I can't put in the work because I am so tired because I've not taken any time to just relax and let the story sit in the back of my head for a day, I'm not going to create anything, okay? 
and the same might be true for you. I don't know what you do to recharge. I, I play video games. I literally just sleep. I take a bath. I sit in a hot tub. Whatever is going to do it for you. If it's just having a drink with your friends, whatever. Make sure you do the thing that works for you so you can come back the next day and kill your word goal again. Something that I struggled with last time is don't stress about things that are out of your control. It was just like I was constantly stressing about the possibility that I'm going to miss my word goal. And more often than not, I hit it. And actually, by the end of the month, I had succeeded by more than 50,000 words, right? So I'd written more than what I actually set out to do. And I think that I just caused myself unnecessary stress. This is already hard. You don't need to make it any harder on yourself than it already is. I think that it's also important to define success for yourself. Maybe you are just trying to make progress with that story that you started years ago. Or maybe you're just trying to make any word progress at all. Maybe this is just motivation for you to kind of get back in the 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 swing of writing, get back into the rhythm. I know that that's what it, I'm doing for me and I I was just stuck, right? I knew where I wanted to go, but I didn't know how to get there. I didn't know how my character was going to get there. But as I sit down, I'm like, okay, well, I have to write this amount of words today. Let me just put her at work and see what happens. So I put my character at her job in the bookstore and things are happening, right? So I think that that goal can actually help you get back into the swing of writing and help you overcome writer's block. The, the thing that I really want to leave you with is to really remember the most important thing about NaNoWriMo, and that is just to write, okay? The goal, of course, is 50,000 words. If you can achieve 50,000 words, that is amazing. But I want you to know that not achieving 50,000 words does not mean that you suck. It does not mean that you're a bad writer. It doesn't mean that writing is not for you, okay? There are a lot of people who do NaNoWriMo every year who don't make the 50,000 words, okay? So it's not like, oh, well, I don't think I can do that, so I think I'm just going to not participate this year. Why not instead of, I don't think I can do that? Like, what if it works out? right? What if you're like, you know what, it's going to be hard, and I've never done this before, but I think I can do it. Even just saying, I think I can do it, can change your mindset completely. Just removing, I don't think I can do that, removing the don't, that changes the entire scenario, right? Just telling yourself, I think I can do it. To be perfectly honest with you, there are already going to be people in your life that are telling you you can't do it, and whether that's directly, simply telling you, well, you know, maybe this writing isn't for you, or maybe it's indirectly, and just whenever you bring up your writing, they change the subject. Who knows, right? You're already going to have enough people in your life telling you that you can't do it, so why are you going to add on to that with yourself? You need to believe in yourself, and that goes for all of your dreams and all of your goals outside of this month. 
This month is a hard month. Writing 50,000 words, that's a hard goal. That is a hard thing to do. Tell yourself, I think I can do it. Just try that. And every day when you're starting to feel like, oh my gosh, I have 500 words left. I, I don't know what else to write about. Instead of saying that and telling yourself that you don't know what else to write about and reinforcing the idea that you don't know what else to write about, just take a break, go take a shower, which is what I did this morning when I was a little bit stuck. And I listened to a podcast that was uplifting. I got out of the shower, took my vitamins, and I'm like, I think I can do this. And I said it just like that. I think I can do this. Not, I think I can do this. No, I think I can do this. And I did it. I killed my word goal today. I wrote 1,800 words today. That was awesome. I feel great. And I got it done by 12 o'clock. Okay? So all of that is working for me. And I frankly, absolutely flat out refuse to not believe in myself. Okay, so I want you to do the same. I want you to decide today that you are not going to not believe in yourself anymore. You're going to be your biggest cheerleader. You're going to tell yourself, I think I can do it. Or even better, I can do it. Just change the way you speak to yourself. Because I think I've said this before. I'm sure I have. I speak to myself in ways that I would never speak to somebody that I don't know. So why am I being kinder to somebody that I literally have never met before than I am to myself? Does it sound weird to anyone else? Sounds weird to me. Okay. So just, just ponder that. This, this month when you're doing NaNoWriMo or when you're following any of your goals. Just remember, you set your goal. It might be very, very difficult. But do it anyway, because you can do it. And now on that note, my creative, lovely friends, we are about at the end of our time together. I will see you guys in a couple weeks. In the meantime, you can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at your so quiet pod, Y-O-U-R-E, so quiet pod. You can also follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Wright C. Brown, W-R-I-T-E C. Brown. You can also visit my blog and website at cbrownauthor.com. And now if you prefer to watch podcast videos, you can find the podcast on YouTube. So until next time, okay, love you, bye.